Five minutes after 11 o'clock, welcome into the whole show, powered by Chevron, live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. What a week it's been, my friends. It has been um, certainly interesting. Started off on Monday with the news about Joe Parker being out for CSU. Um, I obtained an email last night about Steve Cottingham moving on, leaving the program. I thought it was interesting in the email. I'll pull it up. But the email that he sent out to staff or whatever um, was basically, hey, I, I like to give it my all and I can't do that with the current leadership. John Weber has been there for two days. <laughs> you can't give it your all for, you know, two months? Come on. I don't know. It could be more of a force out at this situation. But um, there, people are rattling cages over at Colorado State. So I'm going to get into more of that stuff throughout the day. It was an exciting basketball night. Uh, the UNC Bears win. Big game for them. I mean, it's a team they were supposed to beat. But that was the 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 the, the trap game. Before they go up against Eastern Washington. Then Eastern Washington loses last night to Northern Arizona. Setting up Saturday's game to be absolutely huge. If the Bears win that game, they'll be at the top. They'll be tied with Eastern Washington. They'll uh, Well, they'll be tied and in the conference. So I've got this from uh, the great folks over at UNC. Thank you, for my friends. Um if there's a tiebreaker, if, you, if it's within the conference, they're obviously going to look at the overall record. So, here it is. Eastern Washington is 11-3 and in the conference. UNC is 10-4. If the Bears win tomorrow night, they will have the, the same record in the conference as Eastern Washington, and they will also have split the series between the two. But the Bears would be 18-10. and Eastern Washington would be 17-11. and So... It's, it doesn't mean it's over. I heard Steve Smiley on uh, Good Morning NoCo this morning. Regardless of what happens this weekend, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, um, there's still obviously three more basketball games after that, so there still could be some movement at the top in the big sky. But this would, if the Bears win, this would put them in sole possession of the Big Sky Conference. And, Michael, you've produced UNC. Michael Kirkpatrick filling in, by the way, for Angel, who's... Did I hear? Is he getting a? Is he getting a root canal today? Yeesh! Yikes! That's scary. I've had several of those, and uh, I don't like them. How do you have several of those? Well, uh, each person has thirty-two teeth. Yeah. And uh, I've had root canals. Yikes! On multiple teeth. Yikes! Does it hurt? Painful? Yeah, sometimes more than others. Right. I mean, they deaden the tooth, but. We're thinking about Angel today, then. He's getting that done probably right as we speak. So we'll get Angel back in the chair next uh, on Monday. Michael Kirkpatrick stepping in today. Right now he's in a different chair. You produced a lot of UNC games over the years, and I'm going to ask you, Micah, do you know the answer to this question? It's a trivia question. Yes. Outside of 2010 and 11, with an asterisk there, how many times have the UNC Bears won the regular season title in the Big Sky Conference? I'm going to say zero. You're, you would be 100% correct. You would be 100% correct on that. How many times have they won the tournament aside from 2010 and 11? I'm going to say zero. That would, you'd also be correct. The Bears have some stuff in front of them, folks. There's some history in front of this team right now. Uh, St. Thomas is going to join us. He made some history last night. That was really cool, so we'll bring him on the show. Big night for him. And big big night for this Bears team, man. Steve Smiley, man, he he's this guy gets it. 
He is just, he's a tremendous basketball coach and a, and a great person, too. St. Thomas last night, he became the first in Northern Colorado history, program history, to reach 500 points, 250 rebounds, and 100 assists in a single season as the Bears took down Idaho 76 to 62. And there's still four games left. So, congratulations to him. We're going to bring him on. I messaged him last night. I said, hey, great win. You guys are awesome. And he wrote me back. He's like, I told you, man, don't count us out. See you tomorrow. Because <laughs> we're going to have him on at 1220 today. Uh, who wasn't counting this team out? At the beginning of the season, they were at the bottom of the barrel as far as the, the pole, the big sky standings and all that stuff. They were at the bottom. And I didn't know what to expect. I heard a name like St. Thomas. And I heard, okay, he's he's got a lot of skill. Can they make that work? You know, we had uh, Day-Day Reeves on the show on Wednesday. This is a guy that it, it told us on the air, told us on the show. I was somewhat frustrated that I was being put to the bench. But I think his mindset changed because look at how look at how good he's been since the since the Bears made that decision to put him on the on the bench. Now again, he had 8 points last last night, but he has been on an absolute tear recently. In what, four or five games in a row, he scored over 20 points. So it's a buy-in that you don't really see um, that you don't really see all the time. Excuse me, I was looking at the wrong game. He had more than eight points last night. He was he was good again. Um, his game he, last night he off the bench, he had uh, 13. So I was a little off there, but he played 30 minutes. Like those are starter minutes. He doesn't let the whole bench thing get to him, even though at first it kind of bugged him. But this is exciting. UNC, great last night. Big dub. The Denver Nuggets. Michael, I know you stayed up to watch that game. Nuggets get the dub. An easy one over over uh, Washington last night. 130-110. to Joker did get his triple-double. So how about this? Nikola Jokic has now had, recorded a triple-double against every team in the NBA. Except for himself. Except for the Nuggets. Which I'm sure he has had a triple-double in practice. Uh, when they were running scrimmages and stuff like that. So... He, he accomplished something that only a few players have done. And that's recording a triple-double against every single team in the league. He had 21 points last night, 19 boards, and 15 assists. That was a I needed to see that game from this team last night. Coming out the gates, after the All-Star game, can you handle a team you're supposed to handle? They were favored to win. I think they were 15.5-point favorites. They win by 20. And uh, they, that, that's a feel-good win. They're right back at it tonight as they get set to take on Portland. So, uh, you know, these games you're supposed to win, that's when you want to see this team just come out, storm out of the gates, blow this thing up early. Tonight at 8 o'clock, they are at Portland. Um, and then in a couple of days, I believe on Sunday, they'll be at Golden State. Then they have the Kings. So those are they got some tough games coming up. So that's why taking care of the the Wizards the way they did, and then hopefully the Trailblazers. Those are things that they need to do. First Advantage text line, 888-530-0043. Michael, let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly presented by FMS Bank. Banking made simple. And my good is, I'm going to go with the UNC Bears. That was a solid victory for them, especially when you're taking a look at what's coming up on Saturday. So that was a game they needed to win. And then, oh, bonus, Eastern Washington couldn't make anything last night against Northern Arizona. And uh, 
they lose that one. So it's setting up for Saturday's game to be one of the bigger games the Bears have had. I would say, aside from tournament play, because the tournament is always huge, but as far as regular season games, it's got to be up there, man. It's one of the biggest games. So congratulations to Northern Colorado on a fantastic season. They have a few games left, and then, of course, the Big Sky Tournament. And those of you following along, um, they still got to win the tournament. Even if they're the regular season champs, they have to win the tournament to go dancing, and that would be the first legitimate time the Bears have ever done that. So exciting for them. I'm going I'm to say this is the bad and the ugly. The new Major League Baseball uniforms. Have you seen? You probably haven't seen these, Michael. Probably don't want to. I think they're rated R. The pants are like see-through. You can see everything. And I'm talking everything. So who was behind that? So that's my bad and ugly. I'm going to go with that. You're getting both. And that's the good, the bad, the ugly. Presented by FMS Bank. Banking made simple. For more, go to fmsbank.com slash KFKA. So exciting times. Basketball is smoking hot in this area right now. The Colorado State Rams getting set to go to UNLV tomorrow. Their next four games, I I think they're going to be favored in all those games. So as long as they don't fall apart completely, um, they're they're going dancing, folks, for the second time in three years under head coach Nico Medved. And this is a this is a program that really needs that kind of stuff right now. They're not getting this isn't bad PR. You know what I put out yesterday, and I know it's going crazy all over Twitter and stuff or X. Is honestly, it's good because I think the elephant in the room. These guys like Steve Cottingham and, and Joe Parker and some of these other guys and, 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 and women, men and women there that are, are calling the shots at CSU, I think a lot of Rams fans knew that these people needed to go. And that was, so this news about Steve Cottingham yesterday, this, is a, this should be a good thing for you guys. I went and did some research. I was going back and looking at all of the, you know, the, the investigations around Larry Ustashi, the investigations around Steve Adazio's program in 2020. And then I go back to even further with Steve Cottingham at Marquette when he when he moved on there. Um, they were Marquette at that stage when 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 Cottingham left Marquette, they were being investigated for sexual assault allegations. And then he ended up leaving around that time. This was a story back in 2011 about Steve Cottingham the title Steve Cottingham quits as Marquette athletic director. He resigned that week. And during the time he resigned, that program was facing scrutiny for recent legal, a lot of recent uh, legal issues. I'm just going to read this first paragraph from that story in 2011. Cottingham was named the school's interim athletic director in January of 2020 of 2007. He took the role on a permanent basis. A year later, he oversaw the transition after you know, they had some weird stuff going on, some coaches they were replacing and all that. But at that time, Marquette was recently was being criticized for the way that they handled sexual assault allegations. And this is what he wrote when he left. Although recent events involving a few student athletes have certainly been a disappointment to me. I leave Marquette with positive feelings and confidence in its future. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that Steve Cottingham was the reason for that. Stuff I, I I don't know. I wasn't even doing a show at that point, man. I was still in college. 
So I didn't know what was happening with Steve Cottingham at that point. So I dug this story up. Um, now, at the end of the day on that Marquette thing, prosecutors decided to not charge the athletics, the athletes involved in the alleged assaults. District attorney at the time, John Chisholm, said at the time that the investigations, uh, the time that the investigations into two separate alleged assaults were uh, acted upon because Marquette's public safety department didn't tell authorities. So, I mean, again, it just kind of sounds like it was clunky. Things were not being communicated well. We were kicking cans down the road. And I know I keep using that phrase, but sure seems like that's what happened years later under Joe Parker and, and Steve Cottingham's leadership there. So the email that I obtained last night was po- put out to uh, folks at CSU from Steve Cottingham. I informed John Weber earlier today that I am retiring from CSU Athletics, effective immediately. It has been my great privilege to work with each of you and serve you these past number of years. These years have been the most rewarding of my professional life. Thank you for your friendship. However, I only know how to do my job throwing my entire self into it and find that it is not in my heart to do so for the current leadership. Therefore, I am leaving now. And we'll figure out the next steps for me and my family in the coming days. I love you all, and God bless you. Threw in a little go Rams there at the end. Did you mean it? You really rooting for the Rams still? So, you know, my brain goes to a couple of places. John Weber, the interim AD, which all signs are certainly pointing to him being the full-time AD soon. I would imagine that story's going to come out in weeks. Maybe days. I don't know. He is. He's getting after it. You know, you're seeing it all over social media. He's getting after. He's talking about his vision. So I would be shocked if he's not the guy. Because you haven't heard anything from CSU's camp that they're putting out any kind of search for an athletic director right now. So I think he's the guy. So my brain goes to, does Weber sit down with everybody and say, hey, while I'm here, these are the things we're going to be doing. And either, either you like it or not. Weber strikes me as a guy. And again, I've had conversations with him. I've sat down with him. I've had lunch with him. He strikes me as a no-nonsense guy. I'll just give you a little bit of my, my background with him. He was, when I met him, I reached out because I do NIL stuff. I do radio shows here. We, we pay student-athletes to come on weekly, like Isaiah Stevens, to do a show. And we've done that now since 2020. And so when I found out about the Green and Gold Guard, thanks to Kevin Lytle at the Colorado one, I reached out to John, had a conversation, and it was very, very positive. And so we sat down and just talked about his vision and what he was planning to do with the Green and Gold Guard, and I kind of talked about what we were trying to do with the radio stuff, and it was very good. But I'm telling you, this guy is by the book. You know, he you could tell. He's like, I've been researching everything. Here's what to do. Here's what not to do. It wasn't a willy-nilly throwing this collective together and you know we're going to make money no he didn't even make money they didn't he didn't make money to do that kind of stuff but i just he everything that he did before even responding was calculated he would have to research this and oh before i get back to you on that i got to make sure we can do this so my gauge right now very early on is that this is a no nonsense guy and you think well brady that that's obvious. You know, you get into a role like this, and you you got to be direct, and you can't put up with crap. Well, clearly that was not as easy as some people are pointing, pa- painting it to be. Because what was happening at Colorado State the last however many years was a whole lot of them, using the phrase again, kicking the can down the road. Hope it goes away. I 
John Weber does not strike me as that guy. He strikes me as, as soon as we sniff something, if somebody reports this, misconduct here, whatever, heaven forbid it's a sexual assault or sexual uh, assault allegations or whatever, he strikes me as a guy that's like, we're getting out in front of this as quickly as possible, and we will cut out whatever we need to cut out. And it just doesn't seem like that was the case at Colorado State the last, I don't know, 10 years, going back to the Larry Eustachy stuff. And this isn't all on Joe, Joe Parker. Like I said, man, I, I've had great conversations with Joe Parker. I thanked him. I texted him. I reached out to him earlier this week, and I said, thank you for being on my show. It did make my show better. His his thoughtfulness and professionalism, I, I'm very grateful for that. So this isn't all on Joe Parker. This is a... Uh, I think Miles Bloomhart with the Colorado and told Tanner and Brian it's like they need to drain the swamp. So, I mean, this is a situation where you just got a lot of people in power there that are just making bad decisions or not making decisions at all. And when I look at Weber, I don't see that kind of guy. I see this a direct guy that's going to learn from the past mistakes of the old regime and try to make this a better place for Colorado State. So I'm very I am very excited about his vision and his plan cuz I'm telling you he he's probably going to be he's probably going to be the next athletic director full time for Colorado State. 23 minutes after the hour. A lot of stuff, man. It's uh it's a crazy world with what's happening with the Rams and all you know on the court and on the fields and all that stuff. We got great baseball's back. We got spring training. Michael, I know you're pumped about spring training. You play 87 games before you play a million. That starts today for the Rockies. Yeah. You don't seem too thrilled back there. You're not a Rockies fan? I I am uh, not not too much of a baseball fan. Ah. Well. Would you I call it the thinking man's game because you have to think about something else? <laughs> That's good. 24 after the hour. Let's take a quick break when we come back. Let's talk a little bit more. Let's get into some details about what's happening at Colorado State. And I, th- judging by my Twitter following and the, and the comments and the likes on all the stories we put out last night, you guys are happy about this. This is a big day for Colorado State. This isn't negative. This is positive. Times they are changing, and that's good for Colorado State. We'll be right back. Start your day with Good Morning NoCo with Brian Gary and Tanner Schwint on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Ed Werder, NFL reporter for ESPN and a 1982 graduate of the University of Northern Colorado. Hope you'll continue to listen to the award-winning Hall Show, 1310 KFKA. Just 28 minutes after the hour. Welcome back into the whole show. Powered by Chevron. We are live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. Want to thank On The Rocks Liquor. Hey, gear up, man. It's going to be a fun basketball weekend. Maybe you're getting excited about the Rocky spring training. I don't know how you're watching it. Maybe you're subscribing to MLB TV. I don't know. But either way, this is a little bit better with, uh, with, a, with a great beverage. Courtesy of our friends at On the Rocks Liquor. They're located half a mile south of Highway 34 and 47th Avenue. 
we uh, we love the fact that they support local breweries. They they always have all, you know all all the big stuff, all the big name brands, but they're they really really push hard to to uh, fill their store up with breweries from or from beer <laughs> beer from local breweries. That's on the rocks liquor. Again, located half a mile south of Highway 34 on 47th Avenue, kind of near Buffalo Wild Wings here in Greeley. First Advantage text line is 888-530-0043. Let's read a text here. Big Hub chiming in. Stephen A. thinks Curry is the most feared player in the NBA. Perkins thinks it's Luka. And Wendy on the show thinks it's Jokic, and I believe it's Jokic too. I mean, I, I, I remember a time when Steph Curry was that guy. You know, he's still pretty lethal. He absolutely is pretty lethal. But he was my least favorite guy to play. Not that I played, Michael. Um, Least favorite guy to see the Nuggets play. Because you just knew. You could be up 10. He could score at will. And especially when Klay Thompson was in his prime, that was a lethal team. No lead was safe with Steph Curry in his prime. Steph is still amazing. But he doesn't have that same... He doesn't have that same fear... You know, factor that that he had all those years ago. Joker, it's a deceptive kind of fear, man. I mean, he will. You just look down suddenly. He's got, you know, in the first quarter, he's got eight points, six boards, and four assists. His numbers are just off the charts. But Curry is still very good. I mean, he's averaging twenty eight point one points per game. Um, Joker is down a bit. This year, he's averaging 26 points per game, but it's still everything else. He's at, he's almost averaging that that double-double. Again, he's averaging 12 boards per game and 9.1 assists per game. Increase that assist number, and he'll get back to that triple-double average there. First advantage text line, 888-530-0043. Big one tonight for the Nuggets because it's a back-to-back. It's a team you're supposed to beat, but I really want to see this team just go on a run. Calvin Booth and Michael Malone talked about it at the beginning of the season. They want to see this team put together long game winning streaks. And they haven't had a lot of those. I mean, Calvin talked about, you know, being able to win 10 in a row a couple of times this season. And I don't think they've done that once. I think they went on a seven game win streak back in December. And that was December was a really strong month for the Nuggets, but they went on a seven game win streak. I'd like to see something like you know, again, there's not that many games left, but I would like to see a stretch where they're they're winning. You know, I don't know if they're going to win ten in a row, but they're going to need to string together a lot of these win streaks if they want to overtake that first spot in the Western Conference. So the race is on. You know the the season the second part of the season is now. The Nuggets are two and a half games out of first place. They're behind the Clippers. They're tied with the Clippers. Um, They're a game and a half behind OKC for second, and then the two and a half behind Minnesota. So be ready. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a wild finish. Get ready for it. Thirty-two minutes after the hour, Michael. Let's jump out real quick and get the latest on the local sports flash. This is Jeff Linder, head men's basketball coach at the University of Wyoming Cowboys, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KFKA.
36 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to the whole show powered by Chevron. Kevin Lytle put it out in the Colorado, and it is, well, it's already official, but it's more official when Kevin does it. Just It's just more official. Steve Cottingham out as Colorado State Deputy Director of Athletics. Hmm. So you just got a lot of activity happening the last couple of days. And I'm, I'm again, the vibe that I'm getting from Rams fans is this is all big stuff. This is great. Kyle texting in. Apparently he's not a fan of working for people that actually want to get things done. Um, Rick says the guy had the personality of a wet noodle. It also isn't surprising since he and Parker have been joined at the hip. Okay. Um, Chris says there must be quite the backstory here, I would imagine. I... I, and I don't know if we're going to get all get back into that stuff. I mean, we had those crazy investigations, and the Colorado one reported on all the stuff back in the Larry Eustachy days, um, and the, the Steve Adazio days. Like, just a lot of wild times, man. Like with Eustachy, he was put on this. I remember that. It's like a he was put on like a a ten point step. You know, he, do all these things and you'll get to keep your, your job. And I remember reading that at the time. I was like, this is so, I don't know, is childish the right word? Why have a guy in place if you have to put together like a bullet point list of here's the things you need to be doing in order to keep your job? Is is any coach that good? I mean, it's not Coach K we're talking about here. I mean, well, and the other thing is too, like, you keep hiring people that have had a history of, I don't Michael, I don't know if you can find it, but Larry Stacey's job before he was at CSU. Like he was getting in trouble for, was he with Iowa? Is that right? He's like partying with student athletes and stuff, and there's pictures of him partying with student athletes. And then again, he claimed to clean that up, and I think he quit drinking or something like that. But you... Hire these guys that already have weird things. Uh, Cottingham was the athletic director. Um, he was the athletic director at, uh, at at Marquette. So, and then when he left, there were sexual assault allegations and investigations going on at that time. You know, I, I don't like to throw this term around loosely, but sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire, man. And aren't you just better off going elsewhere? Go in a different direction. Why do you keep bringing people in that have had kind of a sketchy past? Steve Adazio had a weird past before the the Rams hired him, and and there he was. So in this day and age, not to say it's ever appropriate, but your your stuff's going to get found out. It's going to be out there because people have the internet. Yeah, and people are coming forward now. People are they're not going to they're not putting up with a lot of this junk anymore. And when you get the right administration involved, the right leadership that's known for not sweeping things under the rug, that that puts a, a fear in everybody. You got to hold everybody accountable. So if this guy or gal does something wrong, and then it's reported by student athletes to these people, and they're made to feel like they're not really being heard, and you're not really going to do anything about it, that is that's the recipe for a toxic environment. And that's what we've been seeing for the last 10 years. Going all the way back to the Eustachy stuff. I mean, 
that took a law. That was a lengthy process. You know, and, and going back to Graham and all, you know, the history there. He wanted, he wanted Eustacey gone. He wanted him gone early, and I don't think they liked that. They really liked Larry Eustacey, and so that investigation was nuts. Twenty twenty was nuts. You had the COVID stuff. You know how things were being handled with COVID, and that. Listen, I'll, I'll even say this: the COVID times; those were wild times. People were breaking those rules nonstop. I mean, you remember Drew Locke wasn't wearing a mask in the quarterback room, and suddenly you have zero quarterback. You have zero quarterback. So, listen, I'm not, I'm not diminishing it. I'm not pushing that aside. I'm just saying that 2020 was wild with COVID, and it some was wild teams, with COVID. Some games were canceled. Some teams didn't even have a, a season. Right. So that was weird. It was weird. But there was more to that. Steve Adazio, you know, he allegedly berated a janitor. Um, he there was there were reports and they they did investigations of bullying and just just a bunch of stuff, man. I mean, it was it was a really tough time for Colorado State. It, you know, going back to the bullying, the uh, the janitor. If you're one of those guys who has to say, "Do you know who I am?" You you really don't deserve to be known. Yeah, that was a weird thing. You know, but you, dude, I'm telling you, you could look at Big Hub. He's texting right now. You know this more than I do. One meeting with Steve Adazio, and you're just kind of like that guy's. He's that aggressive, you know, help me out, uh, varsity blues coach type guy. Just grabbing face masks and wrenching them around. I don't know if Adazi, I'm not saying he did that, but you, I remember meeting him at, in person, like at uh, one of the remotes we did in Denver, the, the old Blake Street Tavern, Michael. You remember that? We did the Rocky Mountain mix down or whatever the hell it was. And I, I'm getting Adazio across the table with me. This dude's like stare. I had a whole show shirt on. He's staring at that. He looks me up and down, kind of, and he just he looked like he was ready to rip my face off. And I hadn't even asked him a question. And I, at the time, I don't think I was causing any trouble. But it was, I just got that vibe right off the bat. I'm like, how do you not get that same vibe I'm getting? I'm not a guy that interviews coaches and gets a feel for what that looks like. And it's obvious to me that Steve Adazio was. I don't know what the right term was. Did you know who he was? Steve? Yeah, I knew who he was. That's a that's a callback to it. Ah, an earlier joke. Ah. Oh, the, oh, you were telling jokes earlier. Ah, uh, I was just saying. <laughs> Never, mind. Never mind. Let me know when Where's you start. Where's the cricket sound hey, effect? Let me know when you start telling jokes, okay? You want me to tell the joke <laughs> yes. that I told you off the air? Please, even though I'm getting into a serious discussion. Yes, I do want to hear your joke. Please tell us. Uh, well, maybe later. No, no. The the people want to know your joke. They they. It's it's they've come it's a, a long UNC way for joke. this. Yeah, give me the joke. Okay, fine. Uh, the state of Washington asks the state of Oregon. Uh, mm-hmm. What's that? What's that state next to us with yeah. all the potatoes? State of Oregon goes Idaho. Okay. Derailed. Yes, I am. I don't. I don't know what. What am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that now? Where do I go from here? Look, you. You told. You wanted me to tell the joke. I told you the joke. That's true. It's my own fault. 
I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have allowed this to happen. Shouldn't have allowed this nonsense. Great joke, though. Oh, so good. Just, just amazing stuff right there. You know, again, going back to 2020, just during a lot of those times, there were obviously the COVID, the COVID nineteen stuff. There were there were a lot of different investigations. And I actually pulled the story up from the Colorado one around that time. And, you know, a lot of people thought it was a Mickey Mouse investigation. What was it? A hush? Is it Hush Blackwell? Hush? Hush? H-U-S-C-H, Michael? Hush? Which is interesting for a law firm to be named Hush, right? Would you say Hush? Yes. Okay. That's, a, that's an interesting, like, law firm that investigates stuff. Hush. <laughs> like, that should be something that tips you off right off the bat. That should be a, a mob law firm. Right. Um, it, was, it was just, I don't know, we, I guess we don't have to rehash all that. But you had just so many nasty things going on. And an investigation did come out and say that they didn't really find a lot of stuff, but a lot of players, student-athletes, even people on the staff come out and said, that, well, that's bogus, man. How, how are they saying they didn't find anything when I'm reporting it to you? I'm telling you these things are happening. It was a, it was a wild time. First Advantage text line, 888-530-0043. I remember in those times there were reports about lies, sexual relationships, all that stuff. I mean, it was it was nuts. Flying uh, Dutchman texting, and Adazio was never given proper affection as a child. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I listen, when I had him on a couple times, he was good. He was good for radio. But then I, I know he flipped his lid at Kevin Lytle because he asked, after they lost a game, if he was worried about anybody hanging their head. Which is a pretty tame question, Michael. You know, if... If your team loses and you ask a question, hey, are you, guys, are you worried that guys are you know down in the dumps uh, after that game? And he lost his mind at Kevin. Scott Van Pelt on ESPN put that out there. It was like the clip was there because he's ripping up, he's staring Kevin down and he's like, I'm not worried about anybody quitting in the locker room or losing the locker room. And Kevin never asked, are you worried about losing the locker room? He just asked if... You're worried about guys being kind of down in the dumps, hanging their head. Sounds like you're projecting a little bit, Coach. Right? Sounds like it was already happening. Yeah. Big Hub texting. Can I, I'm assuming I can read all this stuff. You're not wrong, Brady. A lot of stuff from that old athletic department. There was a lot of stuff that just wasn't handled right. There needs to be a whole new staff, and it sure sounds like that's what's happening. Big Hub, was inter- he said, I was interviewed for that investigation for racism. Yeah, there was that. There was all that going on too. Players were coming forward, talking about how he spoke to certain players, and then the janitor thing. Big Hub, do you remember the janitor thing? He wanted to go to the bathroom, but the janitor was cleaning it, and janitor's like, "You can't come in here. I'm cleaning it." Adazio was very, very mad about that. Like the whole, "Do you know who I am?" If I were the janitor, I'd be like, dude, do you know who I am? I keep this these potties nice and clean, man. I allow you to go to a ba- the bathroom in a clean spot. So maybe pay me the respect I deserve. It was nuts. But it sounds like they're on their way to cleaning this up. 
And that's that's good on Amy Parsons. That's good on John Weber. Time will tell just how big a role he's going to play. Mm. Big Hub says, "Yeah, I sure do remember that, but I didn't hear him." Wasn't it on? Wasn't it like on camera or something? Didn't they? I don't know. I, I don't want to get too deep into the to the weeds on this. We don't have to go back to 2020. We don't have to go back to 2015. I don't. What year was the Eustachy stuff? I don't remember. We don't. We don't have to go back to all that junk. The bottom line is Steve Cottingham's leaving. He put an email out that said, "I can't." I, I pour my heart and soul into everything I do, and I can't do that with the current leadership. Micah, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like the current leadership came in and said, we're not doing these things anymore. And if you can't do them, you got to get out of here. Yeah, you're out. Big Hub says, how secure is Norvell? Uh, I would say he's like, again, Jay Norvell was a Joe Parker hire, but I don't think there's like this connection of, oh, he's one of the, no, no, no. Um, Jay Norvell has to win football games because there's, I mean, I haven't heard anything about any interesting background with Jay Norvell. Everything I've heard about that guy is he's, he's awesome. He did compliment Al Davis. So that, that bugs you. Well, he was what wasn't he on the Raiders staff? Yeah, so that that's a red flag right there. You'd fi- would you fire him for that? I would never have hired him for that, but I don't I don't uh, run a college athletic. Thank department. goodness for that, because your joke you just be telling crappy jokes all the time. Is that what you're calling a joke? Was that a joke? I'm just saying, I hate the Raiders that much. <laughs> okay, I know. I get it, man. Um, Flying Dutchman, this will be Jay's last season. What's his contract situation? What's the buyout? Well, let's look at it on the other side. It's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. with meteorologist Cody Wilson. Fridays and Good Morning No-Co, only on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. What's up, guys? It's Jack Howell, safety for the green and gold. You're listening to The Whole Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into the show, live from the Allo Fiber Studios. Uh, for you, Flying Dutchman, the contract situation for, for Jay Norvell, he signed a five-year deal. Um, his base compensation started at $1.6 million, and it goes up 100, 100K every year. His uh, He made a lot more money here. His base salary in Nevada was 625000 so he's at 1.8 million now for 2024. The buyout information if the if the Rams fire him without cause, which I don't even know why we're talking about this. I think he's going to be fine. Um would be 2.5 they they'd owe him 2.5 million if fired in 2024. If fired in 2025, 1.5 million. Um if he leaves this year, for any reason, two million he would have to owe back to 
Colorado State. So, listen, it's it's going to be about winning. And I have no reason to believe that the new people in charge don't think the world of Jay Norvell. I, I would imagine they do. Um, Flying Dutchman says, Peanuts, this is his last season. Based on, like, you, you are you saying you don't think he's going to win? Is that what you're saying? Or do you think that the pressure is already on no matter what? All right, we got a quick break. A couple of texts pouring in here. We'll get to that in a minute. It's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFKA.